Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam back here. And again, we are in the off-season swing. Uh, and today what we're going to focus on, Kyle actually wrote an article uh, over at purpleptsd.com on Quasi's checklist for the off-season. So Kyle's got five items uh, that are over there. And so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about those five items. And, and again, as with the off-season, some things have changed, some things have developed uh, since writing this. Uh, but we're going to go through and 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 talk about some of these things. Because I think there is certainly still a feeling that the, the off-season uh, is still in its early days. And there are still some things to be figured out for this Vikings roster. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, the majority has been done, free agency and the draft, but there's still a fair bit that needs to be accomplished uh, before that opening game against the Buccaneers. Right, right. So uh, there's a couple of things. Some of these some of these items that you've listed here, like signing the draft picks, I know you said that yeah. really that's largely been accomplished. Uh, you got yep. uh, McBride, who's the you mentioned is the only one now that uh, still remains to be unsigned. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm feel like that's that's pretty good but i guess really let's let's start at the top here because you've got finding a dalvin cook solution and i know uh just part of this i think is tied in with some news that's happened since we last talked with sedarius smith uh has now been traded again Mm -hmm. uh it's been it's been a little while since that's happened it feels a little bit like old news although it's yeah the most recent big vikings news that's happened but again now there is a bit of a figuring out of okay what do they do with Delvin Cook now? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you kind of had these two main trade chips. Even going back to before free agency, there was, you know, we're talking like early March, kind of leading into mid-March, and we're thinking, you know, are these guys going to be cut? Will they be traded? You know, and here we are now getting towards the end of May. And I know it's it's obviously been a few days since Darius uh, was traded, but then now the Delvin Cook situation is still ongoing. And it's... Uh, looking pretty likely, I think, that Dalvin Cook is, is going to be playing elsewhere. Um, you know, there's been a lot of league insiders, both locally in Minnesota to nationally, you know, for ESPN or wherever, kind of comment on the situation, make it sound like, yeah, you know, this is... It's not, something is going to happen with Dalvin Cook. It's, 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 it looks quite likely that he won't be back with Minnesota. Uh, but maybe the most kind of, I don't want to say damning evidence because that's not the way, but the most kind of clear evidence maybe or persuasive evidence that Dalvin Cook in Minnesota is quite unlikely is just the way that Quasito from Mensa answered the question about um, this was before the draft and there was a question, something to the effect of um, uh, would you have re-signed Alexander Madison if you knew that Dalvin Cook was going to be back? And then you know, the GM kind of humped and hot a bit. There's a couple moments pause. And part of his answer was, you know, in theory, they could be the in theory and then complimentary backs. And so it, it doesn't really talk about it in like a concrete manner. Uh, and the crazy thing is like, it's not even theoretical. They can compliment one another. Like they've played together for several seasons now for four years. Right. So like, we know that they can coexist and, and do different things. Uh, it just doesn't sound like the Vikings are that interested in continuing to do that, right? So 
the kind of leading theory right now is that post June one, we'll see a trade because after June one, the Vikings can clear 11 million off the books with the trade. Um, a cut at this point, I, I wrote about this as well on P PTSD, you know, why a cut would be so unlikely is because, you know, with, with, you can cut a player on March 15th and designate it as post June one. Right. And then basically all that means it's just kind of this procedural move. And basically, yeah, I mean, the player can be on his way uh, and the Vikings only receive that cap space, you know, after June one, uh, not the case with the trade. Uh, shout out to Josh Fry for teaching me that. So you actually have to wait until after June 1 in order to kind of pull off that post-June 1 trade. Um, so basically what I'm trying to say is to kind of not to get too far down the salary cap path, they, the Vikings could have cut him, you know, whatever their options were with cutting him and saving money. That has always been on the table, right? For months now, literally, literally months, and they haven't done so. Uh, I think what... Quasi really wants. I mean, he's the value GM. He always talks about how he wants good value, right? And so I think with Zarius, you saw that it's not just getting cap space. He got it gained about $10 million in cap space. It was also improving the draft capital. It wasn't even significant because he had to trade a sixth and a seventh, and he only brought back two fifths. And so, I mean, if you do that trade chart, you know, and look at like the point allocations, the Vikings did not get a lot of draft capital at all when you consider that they didn't even gain picks. They just swap picks, right? So even still, the principle remains he wants to gain value. So he doesn't want just cap space. He also wants draft capital. There's value in that, right? And so uh, after June 1, expect to trade is kind of my read on the situation. Uh, I don't have Quasi Dofomance's phone number. We don't chat. But just based off like, you know, the, the precedence we've seen with Darius Smith and kind of what he has said publicly and what we know he values. Uh, and then, you know, all this chatter about him not being cooked, that is, not being with the Vikings uh, anymore. This would be my educated guess. After June 1, we see a trade and probably quite modest draft capital. Right, right. Yeah, no, I know you've, I, I know you've been beating this drum a little bit of, in terms yep. of just the, the trade option uh, rather than release option. Uh, yes. Yeah. And maybe just to wrap up this conversation, I'm kind of interested in uh, maybe it's harder to think about it from this standpoint. But if you were to if I was to ask you, maybe it'll go back to March 15th, uh, who you think could net a bigger return in a trade between Zadarius Smith and Dalvin Cook? Who would you say? Zadarius, for sure. That, that's, yeah. that's what I would say then. Um, and I even wondered now if that's still true, just strictly because of the position they play. Yeah, you you ask take every general manager in the NFL, put him in a room and say you know an anonymous poll, which position is more valuable, edge rusher or running back? You got to think the vast majority in 2023 are saying edge rusher, if not all, yeah. right? Like it's just it's just an ultra important position. Now I guess the other side of that is that Dalvin Cook is younger. Um, may, maybe you have a higher opinion of him. May, maybe you think he's an elite running back, whereas Darius Smith is just a really good edge rusher. So there's other factors at play, but I kind of, I would say Zadarius Smith. Yeah. And I think a lot of Vikings fans weren't pleased with the return on Zadarius Smith. Right. And that's part of why I ask is I, my sense is that especially when you're in that territory of, you know what, are we going to be able to trade this person or is it a release? Like yep. the, the value back feels like it's going to be very, very small. Uh, Modest. 
Yeah. Uh, the and, real value uh, is the cap space. Right. Exactly. But then also you get that draft capital and at least it's something. Is it a and, lot? No, but you're really looking for cap space. And you know? I think you, you mentioned the depth a little bit at the position in the right. article. Like you, you yep. get a chance now to see some of these guys in a bigger role. And exactly. I think you, you've seen it over the years that, uh, and I know there's lots of people that got lots of different opinions about running backs and uh, yep. in terms of, is it about skill, individual skill versus scheme and, and mm-hmm. uh, personnel that, that you have on your offense. Uh, I I do think that there's enough to be excited about with the talent there to move on from a, a Dalvin Cook. So uh, it'll be interesting yep. to see, but but uh, yeah, the, it doesn't feel like there's any, there's, there's not going to be a big return, but like you said, the some capital in combination with the cap, I, I think there's... Yep. There's uh there that's the that's the value. Uh, so mm-hmm. I know you so talked about Cook. Uh I know item two is Kirk Cousins, and I, I feel like we've yeah. talked about Kirk Cousins uh enough. Uh I don't know if there's any quick comments on that, uh, but I'm kind of more interested to talk about item four here, uh, because that sure. feels like it's a bigger the the next big piece of yeah. the yeah. the offseason in terms of getting the extensions done. Uh, you've mentioned three players here, Justin Jefferson, TJ. Hawkinson and Daniil Hunter. Um, yeah. Again, all very talented players. Uh, feels like, at least from my perspective, the Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson are in a bit of a different um, category than Daniil Hunter, not in terms of talent, but just in terms of stage of career uh, yeah, coming right. off these, these deals. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like the Daniil Hunter extension would be a little bit more, you'd have maybe a bit more debate in terms of what makes sense there than it feels like the mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, like pretty much done deal. Like you, you pull Vikings yeah. fans, 99% of people are like, absolutely make that happen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, the youth is a big part of it, which I think is what you're getting at to a certain right. extent. Right. I mean, Hawkinson is 25. Jefferson is 23. I mean, I know they'll be, by the time Strum goes around, I think they'll be 24 and 26. But, you know, point being, they're both still young. And really, when you look at this Vikings offense, you're saying Christian Derisaw, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and now hopefully Jordan Addison. And you're saying, you know, three great weapons in the passing game, an elite left tackle. This is where our offense is going, right? And then, and then you're kind of piecing together. I mean, depending on how you feel about Ezra Cleveland, I quite like him. I think he's actually a really good left guard. You know, that he's in the mix. I quite like KJ Osborne. You know, and so you just look at this offense where they're not just the future, they're the present and the future. Um, and so keep them happy now. Yes, sign the extension, but obviously the extension is also future-oriented as well and that it keeps them in town for multiple years. Um, and that you hope every defensive coordinator who rolls into town is saying, man, how are we going to slow down Hawkinson and Jefferson. Oh, frig, our top pass rusher is going to be put on friggin' Darisaw Island. You know what I mean? And have to go one-on-one with this dude. And Darisaw, chances are, is going to do a pretty good job of nullifying him, right? And so that's really what you're trying to... And I know we're kind of spilling into players not mentioned here, but that's kind of, I think, the goal. And that's why I think they feel a bit different because of that youth. And you can kind of see the vision with Kevin O'Connell of where this offense is going to be. Uh, pretty attractive offense right right now right so especially i mean madison i think is only freaking 24 years old i think because he was crazy. i mean can you look that up sam alexander madison he's crazy young as well right so 
because he came in the NFL, I think at 20, right? So um, Daniel Hunter, you know, he's one of Zimmer's guys. Uh, you know, if he signs that extension, he kind of fully flips over and becomes one of, you know, Quasey's and, and O'Connell's guys. Uh, I think an expect the expectation should be an extension, I think, uh, just because Zedarius is gone now. Marcus Davenport has been hurt a lot in his career. And so he's got that ability, but you're concerned about, you know, it's, it's the whole NFL thing, availability, you know, your best ability is availability. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, do you know Hunter? I, I think he's got to be a priority and he played just, we we're talking about with Zedarius. He plays that premium position edge rusher indisputably one of your top three or four positions, no doubt about it. Like it's crazy important. Um, they just, you know, you don't find many guys like Daniel Hunter. So, I would think that an extension gets done at some point here um, and getting really all three attached to your roster minimum three plus more years, I think has to be like an important, important part of, of Minnesota's plan. And the one final note about that Sam is right now they got a touch over 9.5 million per OTC in cap space next year. They're sitting at just under 42 million 2025 right now looks at 154 million. Now, the, the more you go, the more murky it becomes. You know, uh, over the cap does a great job, but they are projecting, you know, what the future cap will be, right? And so, of course, there's uncertainty and all that. Um, but 2024, I think you should feel pretty good about that $42 million. Yeah. Especially considering that right now, Jefferson's fifth-year options are in the books, and that's $20 million, right? So Je- Jefferson, in a sense, is kind of already factored into that budget, right? And so we're not really that worried about it. And even Hunter is already factored into that budget, given the void year cap hit. Uh, and so if there's an extension, yes, Jefferson will be on the budget. Yes, Hunter will be on the budget. But uh, there's a chance that by extending Jefferson, you actually get more cap room in 2024, right? You can potentially lower that cap hit in that year, right? And and, and it's less likely for Hunter, given kind of where he's at right now, 11.24 million. But um, that 2024 budget, is looking good like at this stage is looking really nice i think yeah no it's it's interesting so just to loop back on the the piece so madison is 24 turning 25 right good in in june so by the right okay will be will be 25 years old uh the the jefferson pieces is interesting because it feels like his value couldn't be higher uh but in a sense it's not like it's not a kind of player where you're like well, maybe he'll have more of a down year or or something like like yep. he is what he is. And it feels like you've got a lot of certainty uh with with that. And even just some of the comments he's made about his contract and uh not necessarily being all in about the money he wants to win. Uh it feels like it's they're they're a player like that, you just you want to lock them up uh as oh, yeah. as early as possible. Uh oh yeah. So touching on the Daniel Hunter piece, you talked about just the need at that position. I think that uh, everyone sees that the the defense needs more than the offense at this point. Uh, And so, again, you talked about some of the cap space that's available there. And item five you have there is talking about adding another defensive weapon. And so we've talked about some different options there. And I guess I'm curious for you that you talk about edge. I know there's been some talk about linebacker, like, what do you see when you talk about this adding adding a, a player here the defense does it just feel like uh, 
I, I guess I'm interested, like what 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 are the options now, considering that we're in that later tier of free agency? Yeah. What is actually a realistic plan at this point? I think realistically, honestly, like if you look at some of the names, you could realistically get an edge three who is very good, honestly, right? Like some of those guys were still out there. You know, they'll kind of function as like assassins for hire at this point. You know what I mean? It's probably like a single year deal, right? With, the, you know, maybe some incentives, but, you know, relatively modest cap hits overall. Like Justin Houston had nine and a half sacks last year. He's a really good player, right? Leonard Floyd, I think, had nine sacks last year. And I think if you add up his past three years, he's touching 30 or close to 30, right? So just do the math. It's about 10 per season, right? And he he won a Super Bowl with Kevin O'Connell in L.A. So you have that connection there with Leonard Floyd. I mean, Frank Clark is still out there. Uh, Ngakwe, who Vikings fans will know, right? He used to play for the Vikings. He's still out there, right? He's another guy who I think he was, he was flirting with 10 sacks for these past couple of seasons. The guys you bring in, again, this idea of like an assassin for hire, like you're bringing in short-term deal, right? Probably relatively modest cap hit, and you're the edge three. And 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 man, on third down, that offense that you're facing is saying we get a block Hunter, Davenport, Davenport, and Floyd, or and Houston, or and and Garquay, right? And so it's like that that's a that's a tough position for an offense to be in, right? Because I mean, yeah, you say, okay, we want to chip Hunter, we want to devote two guys to him and make sure we slow him down. But man, there's two one-on-one matchups otherwise that you're kind of worried about, right? And and so you're basically trying to, I think for a D coordinator, uh, any offensive coach, the more you have guys who you say, yeah, if we leave him in a if, if he gets left in a one-on-one matchup, he, he's gonna win, he's gonna start winning those reps. And I think that's basically what you want, right? We don't have to scheme guys open for sacks or anything like that. We don't have to do anything crazy. It's just like if you put Daniel Hunter one on one with an offensive tackle, we feel really good about Daniel Hunter. You know, you know what I mean? And and just more more and more you want players like that. And I just kind of wonder if it's prudent to bring in that third option, um, generate more pressure, especially with the secondary. There's a few concerns, right? both in terms of youth and in terms of past injury, but then even the edge rushers as well. I mean, Hunter, think 2020 and 2021, how much time did he miss? And then Davenport, you know, his over his five years has missed a ton of time, right? So, you know, even having someone where if, God forbid, you know, you lose one of your top two for a couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, or a game, you have someone who can come in, be elevated temporarily into edge two and do really, really, really well. Uh, I, I just, you know, what, what do I know about building a roster? Very little, right? But uh, the general idea of adding more pass rushing weapons for Brian Flores, just I, I just don't see the downside, frankly. But um, there's a lot of considerations, of course, that I don't see. But that that would be my shtick. You know, add one more, please. One more pass rusher. Uh, that would be very smart in my mind. Right. Um I, as as you're talking, it's like, yeah, you know what? One more would be great. Two, three, four. Like it would be nice to, yeah. to have. Yeah, seriously, uh, more. And like, and again, like hockey lines, you're just rolling these guys out, right? And you're just like, holy crap! Like this is, you, you know, you're constantly wanting to like tax their protection, right? And uh, just, yeah. Anyhow, I'm and, not an NFL GM, so. And 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 a cook trade makes the ability to to bring in guys precisely more likely uh, maybe I'll, precisely I'll, I'll, I'll close yeah. this off with this 
Do you see any path forward again, seeing the way that this off, like the Vikings have handled this off season, do you see any part of them potentially actually not spending to the cap this year and being able to save some of that room for, for like down the line there in, in, in 2024? Like, is there any possibility? Cause I think historically the Vikings have spent to the cap and understanding where they're at as a team. Like, again, we can have a conversation about should they, uh, mm-hmm. but do you see that being a possibility just understanding the team's philosophy and how how they've gone about uh managing their cap i i think based off what i can see i would expect the team to go into the year with four or five six million in cap space but maybe even more because if cook's gone then now you're talking the current 9.5 plus million now balloons like 20 million right so or you know somewhere around there kind of thing so and then if there's a surprise cut or two, uh, or, or trade perhaps in in through training camp or p- towards the end of the preseason, you know that could maybe even do more to your budget to increase it. So, you know, it really wouldn't be shocking to me if they go into the year with 15 million in cap space, 20 million in cap space, because again that rolls over, right? And then now we're just talking about that 2024 budget. It looks pretty all right. Then you roll over another 10, 15 million, and that's to me, I think, and a lot of people view it this way. 2024 is when the roster really fully becomes Quasi Dofermensis and Kevin O'Connell's. If you're still there at that point, you are fully theirs, right? Like you might have been brought in by Spielman and Zim, but if you if you survive those first two years, and there's been a lot of the old guys who've been cut or traded or whatever, waived. You know, Cameron Dancer was was waived earlier. Uh, if you survive those first two years, you are theirs, right? <laughs> if you know, uh, and that roster is kind of fully in. You know their image, which again, this is in some ways what the whole Dalvin Cook situation is about. Before it was play great defense and run the ball, right? And and that was the identity. Now it's man have a pretty good defense, and we're gonna friggin' have this balanced offense with all these weapons through the air, and we're gonna scare the crap out of you. You know what I mean? Just with with how much we can kind of defeat you with all these pass catchers. And so, yeah, I, I do think there's a path forward for them having a decent amount of cap space heading into the year. Um, the one thing I'll add there is that, so I recently did a full, this was took a lot of time. I recently did a full Quasi Dofomensa trade tracker for Purple PTSD. So if you want to see the entire history of his trades and what he sent out, what he got in return, when when we know, um, it's there. The Qu- uh, Quasi's trade tracker on Purple PTSD. And of course, one that stands out is trading for Hawkinson, right? And so NFL trade deadline, he actually pulled off a major deal and so if you go into the year with that cap space, it doesn't necessarily mean he says, oh, excellent. We're just going to hold on to this 15 million and roll it into 2024. He might say, oh, excellent. We're going to go into the 15 million. And at the trade deadline, so-and-so is available. Well, we're going to, you know, burn through whatever, you know, whatever the amount is kind of thing and, and facilitate this deal. So that's something to kind of keep in the back of your head. Uh, the man likes to trade. Yeah. Which is nice. It's it's fun. It is Although nice. It, it's like fun. it is nice. It's I know that watching just in sports in general, like trades are what uh, our uh, our fans' expertise. You get the armchair GM, and yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. I think that trading again it it, it shows a desire to win uh, and Precisely. and to like continue to improve your your roster compute. Co- 
improve your situation because sometimes it's about taking a step back so that you can take a step forward later on. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap up there. Uh, we can, we, we've got some items there. Again, you can go check out the full piece, purpleptsd.com. Uh, be sure to check out. There's lots. I just, was just over there recently. Lots of good coverage there. Uh, Vikingsterritory.com as well. And uh, again, we're in off-season mode. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, again, we'll be talking about news as it comes. Uh, I know traditionally in the summer, we talk about having some fun episodes where we talk about uh, whatever whatever we can dream of. Uh, yep. So we'll uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks, but thanks everyone for listening. Take care and have a great couple of weeks.